You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. What a glorious way to start this session. Somebody type that in. The battle is the Lord's. That's a beautiful reminder to all of us today. Stop stressing over the things that you can just surrender to God. See, God is always in control and there are things that's outside of our control and whatever that is, give it to the Lord, give it to God. What are the things that you are carrying as a baggage over your life right now? Give that to the Lord. God is big enough, God is mighty enough, God is powerful enough to handle all your troubles, to handle all your problems. So give it to the Lord. Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much to our worship team for bringing us the presence of Jesus in our in our safe spaces. And I want to thank everybody as I welcome you to another session of Feast at Home. My name, by the way, is Brother Audie Villaraza. Thank you so much for joining us, me and Brother Bo. We're going to preach a powerful message, but we have also invited another preacher to do that. You're going to find out who it is, all right? Um, but right now, I, wa- I want to simply just congratulate the recent graduates of our first online Love Life retreat. Congratulations, you know who you are. We had 125 people show up last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and my gosh, did the Spirit of the Lord move online even. You know, this is certainly proof. We have witnessed that God is not limited. God is not limited to a live event because even an online event, you know, the grace of God clearly flowed through the screens and really ministered to so many people. And you know what? I want to thank also, of course, all the servants who made this possible. Thank you to all the organizers, the leaders of our singles ministry, the people of our feast who really serve nonstop. Thank you so much for being God's blessings to to, to so many people. But you know what? For those of you who still want to sign up for another online retreat, just like this one for batch number two, do wait because we are already planning the next batch because it was so successful. It has actually taught us that nothing is impossible for the Lord. And we're just really uh, so excited to introduce the next uh, schedule for Love Life Retreat. So do watch out for that, all right? I know that some of you, especially the graduates, you are so excited to share the experience with somebody else, but do wait. We're gonna post about that in the next few, few months, hopefully, all right? But do pray with us that we would fit into another schedule beautifully. All right, but just like I said, we got a message prepared for you. This is talk number three of our mini series called Heal. We have preached, uh, first talk was about H, hope. We have preached about um, E, which is encouragement last week. And then today, here's the talk title, aspiration. Aspiration, how many of you have aspirations in life, dreams that God planted over your life? This is going to bless you today, all right? We have invited somebody who is going to preach powerful message and and a beautiful message and some of you especially the young people we had a young preacher preach last Sunday by the way but this one is uh, also somebody who preaches to the young every week in fact he is somebody that I believe I call him the worship in action kind of guy because this guy always puts his faith in, in 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 his actions you know he serves even without a title 
And some of you probably have seen him serve outside in the street, outside in PICC, back when we were still holding our, our feast there. He would serve under the sun, under the rain. And my gosh, this guy is, is, is such a tremendous blessing to our community. And we are so delighted that he said yes to preaching powerful message today all right so get get to hear about him in a few moments but right now uh, I'm going to invite you to say our favorite family prayer I almost forgot okay let's say our favorite family prayer here at the feast let me invite you to signify the symbol of our faith as we come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen everybody stretch your hands out come on reach into the heavens and say this with me today I receive all of God's love for me Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healings, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. Because I am blessed. I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I do hope and pray that you are declaring that with all your heart. But do please, let me invite you to sing in honor of God's word as we all sing together. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To give us the first message and he is going to bless us like he always does every sunday we are so grateful that he continues to minister to us and to mentor us everybody please welcome our friend brother bo sanchez hi everybody i am so happy that you have joined the feast again and together can i declare this with you can you agree with me okay i'm going to declare a truth and you just say amen i agree i claim it here it is the healing love of God is flowing into your life right now. I'm declaring it. I'm speaking forth these words. The healing love of God is flowing into your life. Amen and amen. If you want to receive the healing power of God, if you want to pray for the healing power of God, you need to do these three things. Number one, seek God's healing. Why? All throughout the Bible. God heals. In the Gospels, Jesus heals thousands of people. The same Jesus that walked in Galilee 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus here. The, the Living with us as you pray, as you go to Mass, as you go to the feast, Jesus and His healing is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I say it again, I declare it again. God's healing love is flowing into your life. Seek it. But when I say seek God's healing, I'm not just saying pray for God's healing, but seek it, work for it, cooperate with grace. I'll tell you a sad story. I was praying for someone with lung cancer. Guy, you know, praying for him, praying earnestly for his, for his, for his uh, lung cancer. And then we chit-chat and we ate. And then after we ate, I saw him go to the back of his house, uh, back of the room, and I saw him smoking. No judgment. I, I, I don't know why he does, he still does that. He knows it's wrong and all of that. He has lung cancer, but he still smokes. No judgment. All, all I'm, I'm not condemning this particular person, okay? Because I don't know his reasons and I don't know his situation. All I'm saying is generally, when you say, I seek God's healing, you're, you're not only praying for it, but 
you're finding ways by which you can cooperate with the grace of God that brings healing. So that means finding a way to live a healthier lifestyle, finding finding ways to have healthier habits, you know, learning how to take care of your body. Just, just, I just needed to say that. So number one, seek God's healing through prayer and through your own efforts and cooperating with grace. Number two, very important, you need to surrender to God's plan. This, I connect this to what I shared last week, that God knows better how to heal you. He knows, will it be instant? Will it be gradual? Will it be without the help of medical treatments or with, with you know, God will use the doctors and the medicines and the treatments and the surgery. You know, we just leave that up to God. We even leave up that, that chance that what if God does not want to heal physically, but wants to heal you spiritually in other ways. And, you know, we, we, we have no control. There is no formula. But that's the message I shared with you last week, and I'm going to repeat it today. Do not trust any formula. If there is a preacher or any spiritual book or healing book that says there's a formula, you, you do this, A, B, C, D, and then the healing will happen. Guaranteed. Oh, mm. Do not trust a formula. There is no formula. Trust in God. Trust that He knows best. And there are times when he does not answer the way we want him to answer. We say, I surrender myself to your plan because your plan is the best. And one day we will find out. One day we're going to say, ah, kaya pala. You know, maybe that day is here on earth. Maybe that day is in heaven where we kind of like, oh, so that's why God answered our prayer in a different way. But there's a number three. Number one, seek God's healing. Number two, surrender to God's plan. Number three, serve God in any circumstances, in whatever circumstances. At the end of the day, why does God heal you? So that you can follow him and serve him. You know, when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, I love, I love what happens after. She waits on them. She serves them. The purpose of healing is so that you can serve in any circumstances, whether the healing comes instantly, whether the healing comes slowly, whether God heals in another way. You, you just, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. You're going to hear preaching from uh, Tony Valenzuela. I've seen this man grow. I mean, I'm telling you, I've seen him so much. Seen, seen the journey and now he serves with passion. He serves with, with power and you will be blessed. Listen to him. Listen to God's word through Tony Valenzuela. Hello everyone. A blessed Sunday to all of us. Brother Tony Valenzuela here, a fellow feast builder of the 1.30 p.m. Taglish session alongside Brother Alvin Barcelona. And friends, today, I would like to be with you and journey with you with our ongoing series, a special series brought to you by the Feast Bay Area District, HEAL, where we talk about hope, encouragement, aspiration, and love. And together as a Feast family, can I ask of you to journey with us as we rediscover what it means to heal through this crisis to where Christ is? And our talk title for today is Aspiration. 
And our one big message for you today that I would like to preach to you is this. Are you ready? Here it goes. God's timing is never too late. Yes, God's timing is never too late. And in our talk today, talk three, we continue to dive deep into our gospel story coming from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 to 46, where we read and listen to a local synagogue official in Jairus who put down his pride, who put down his reputation, his title of being a, a leader, a rabbi of the local synagogue at that time so that he could go to Jesus and ask for his healing for his daughter who was sick and dying. But on their way back to Jairus' house, lo and behold, their journey is disrupted by a bleeding, internally bleeding woman of 12 years. And we think this is all that the story has for us. We think that's the end. But wait, there's more. It's just beginning. But before I continue, I want to ask you one question. Have you regretted not doing something that you knew could have helped you right now with the present situation or could have been better for you later on, moments from now or days from now? Have you ever asked yourself, sayang, dapat ginawa ko yan dati pa, edi wala, wala ako sa sitwasyon ko na to ngayon. Or sayang, di ko sinabi yung dapat kong sinabi, edi that's time and effort lost. And indeed, time lost is time that can never be returned. So the best that we can do right now is to treasure each moment that comes here and now onwards. Because time that has gone is, a, is moments that we have to let go. And whatever is yet to come, the future, we should not burden ourselves with worry. Why? Because God's timing is never too late. In fact, dear friends, God's timing is never too soon either. God's timing is always perfect. Not the way we expect it or plan it to be, but just as how God designed it to be. For you, for your particular situation, what you're going through right now, God's timing is perfect. God's timing is never too late. But just a disclaimer, this does not mean that we don't do anything and just let God handle everything. On the contrary, more on this later, but let's unravel and explore more of our gospel story today. We read from Mark chapter 5, verses 27 to 29. She had heard about Jesus, and this is the woman who has an internal bleeding of 12 years. She came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his rope, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Friends, the bleeding woman here that Mark is talking about is of an, an actual situation, but this is also a parallelism to the nation of Israel. This woman, this bleeding woman of, of 12 years represents Israel as she also represents us today. I'll ask you another question, dear friends. How many times have we been afraid or doubtful to do something that we know God is calling us to do? Perhaps God is, is possibly calling us to the consecrated life, to the religious life, or 
Possibly God is calling us to that committed relationship in the gift of marriage. Or possibly right now God is calling us to reach out to someone who you know needs your help or just a listening ear at this time. Dear friends, here's one lesson that I learned from the bleeding woman of our story today. If you know that's how Jesus is calling you to be like him to others today, this is what I'm going to say to you. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Even when you're doubtful, if you know it's God calling you, take the chance, take the risk. No matter what others will say, if it's for God, do it afraid. We continue our story. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around and in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Friends, notice how Jesus took notice. Not just that he felt healing power leave him, but that a woman touched or pulled his robe but despite the many people crowding around him, I can imagine this situation. Just imagine that you're there right now with Jesus. You're following with the crowd. And it's a noisy and heavy crowd. And everyone's murmuring, gossiping about what Jesus will do next. What's going to happen? Why he went with Jairus? How is he going to heal the daughter of Jairus? I bet if that situation happened today, it would be like Jesus being the celebrity. And everyone around him are, are media people cameramen, fans asking for autographs, selfies or whatnot. And, and the disciples and apostles possibly being crowd control for Jesus. But in spite of this heavy and rowdy crowd, that pull from this bleeding woman of 12 years as she crawled through the crowd so that she could pull the robe of Jesus, she didn't just pull the robe of Jesus, but pulled his heart as well towards her in search of her jesus could not have noticed her and just went on his way he they were in a hurry to to heal the daughter of jairus but he stopped to take notice and look for this woman imagine the pain that she had to go through crawling her way through the crowd through 12 years of in Eternal bleeding, imagine that. And at that very moment that she touched, maybe even pinched, and maybe a little tug from the robe of Jesus healed her. Imagine that. And if you were this woman, I'm sure you wouldn't want to be noticed. I'm sure at that very moment that you touched Jesus' robe, you would crawl back into the crowd and out of of. Of, of obscurity. You would want to be unnoticed. You wouldn't want to bring attention to yourself. Why? Because you have an internal bleeding. And at that time, people who had an internal bleeding or any form of, of bleeding are considered ritualistically unclean. And though this woman's aspiration or desperation rather was to be healed of her 12 years of internal bleeding, Jesus's aspiration as he wanted to look and search for her, his aspiration was to have a personal relationship with her. 
and not to just single her out, single her out of the crowd to embarrass her or humiliate her. No, but despite this internal bleeding that made her ritualistically unclean to Jewish law among the Jewish society, Jesus wanted to have a personal relationship with her. Her aspiration to be healed by Jesus was born out of desperation, but Jesus' aspiration to search and find the woman was born out of love. And once he finds her, dear friends, he calls her not by, by any name that would marginalize her, that would outcast her, that would label her as the Jewish society of her day would label her, but Jesus calls her by the name that God calls all of us today as well, a daughter, a son, a child of God. Friends, how many times have you believed what society labels you? How many times did you believe the lies that others are trying to impose on you? How many times would you believe how others would tell you you should be or what you should be doing in your life? Now, this doesn't mean we discount or we don't take into consideration the wisdom of others. But my question is this, whose voice is louder in your heart when you're in crisis? Is it that of God? Is it that of yourself? Or is it that of others? Friends, we continue our story. From Mark chapter 5, verses 35 to 36. While he was still speaking to her, messengers, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Dear friends, if you're even more excited to hear what's happened next, that the story is just beginning, let's welcome back Brother Odi Villaraza. You know, one thing I love about the Bible is that it's not boring. You can take a piece of scripture and then read it again and again and again and still manage to receive so many different messages. Type in relate if you know what I'm talking about. Because I believe that this is what we are experiencing as we have been dissecting the story told by Mark. And you know what? We're still learning so much. We still have you know, one more week to go, but I believe that this story can t still tell us so much. And somehow, when you think about it, that's also symbolic of how God is. You think that you know one thing about God and then he, he, he somehow shows another facet of his personality. You know, some of you only know God as a provider, but then you come to discover that he's also a restorer. Some of you only know God as a healer, and then you come to discover that, hey, he's also an encourager. See, that's my prayer for you today, that you would get to know God in a fresh new way. Amen. Anyway, let's go back to our study, all right? Brother Tony preached a wonderful, wonderful, powerful message about this bleeding woman. Were you blessed by his message? Come on, now's the time to type in. Thank you, Brother Tony. Thank you so much for blessing us, brother. But you know, I don't know if you noticed this. Let me just bring the elephant in the room. We have been talking about this bleeding woman for a couple of weeks now that, you know, somehow I feel like we have neglected Jairus, the synagogue leader, right? Do you feel like we haven't talked about Jairus for so long? And I wonder if that's also how Jairus felt, that, that Jesus forgot all about him. In fact, you know, Jesus, while he was still talking to the crowd and to the woman, someone comes up to Jairus and says, your daughter is dead. 
can you imagine how, how Jarius must have felt like? What, what, what he must have been thinking? I mean, you know, he was the first one to call on Jesus, as a matter of fact. They, they were on his house when this woman caused this delay. And as a parent, I can completely empathize with Jairus at this point. If I were Jairus, I would completely air my grievances to Jesus. I'd be like, Jesus, I was the first one to call on you. If you did not stop to heal this woman, my daughter would still be alive. Why do you prioritize this woman first? My daughter needed you more. And you know, some, somehow I also wonder how many of us have used that same script to God at least once in our life. When the Lord seems to be prioritizing other people's prayer more than ours, we complain to the Lord and we say, come on, Lord, I need you more. My dreams are more important. My needs are more important. Come on, prioritize me, Lord. Listen to me. All right, are you listening? Who are we to tell the Lord who and what to prioritize first? Remember this, that God has a different timing. That's what Tony was saying. He's on a different clock. God see, see, God doesn't see linear like we do. We only see one way. That's how we see. But God sees in every way, past, present, and future. He sees across space and time. So if that's the case, our job isn't to teach God, but it's to trust God, to trust in God's timing. Do you want to know what it really means, what it truly means to trust God? Would you like to know? Okay, write this down. To trust means to adjust. That's beautiful. To trust means to adjust. That means that even if you've got a timeline on when you want to get promoted or to get married or to get pregnant or to get healed or to get better and it doesn't happen according to your schedule, you're not afraid. Why? Because you trust, you're willing to adjust. That's what it means to trust the Lord. You give up the things you cannot control because you trust and believe that in God's kingdom, a rejection is not a denial. It's just a delay. Sometimes it's just a detour. And if God wills it to be, it's going to happen according to his plan and in his perfect timing. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's right. But in fact, you know what? Jesus actually gives us the best encouragement on this subject. He says this in verse 36, okay? He says to Jairus, after he found out that his daughter had died, I want you to turn to verse 36. This is powerful. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. You know, you got to give Jesus the credit, right? He knew in advance what Jairus must have been feeling. Just like he knows what, what, what you need even before you open your mouth. So Jesus told Jairus two things. And I believe that he wants us to learn these two things, all right? Listen up. First, Jesus was teaching Jairus and he's teaching both of us right now, all of us in this room, to stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. Somehow, you know, it seems almost cruel. Just as a side note, it seems so cruel that Jesus would ask this from a man who just lost his daughter. I mean, me as a parent, if I lost a child, I think, I think fear would be one of the many things that I would feel. Anxiety, despair, and anger would probably come next. But Jesus said this. Why? Because he knew that fear and faith do not go together. Let me explain. Fear and faith, they cannot go together, you know, just like water and oil. You know, they can't go together, just like um, pizza and pineapple. 
Okay, if you like that, let me just be the one to tell you it should not go together. <laughs> but that's just me. All right. Just like um, toothpaste and orange juice. How many of you have ever brushed your teeth and then drank orange juice, right? Yucky. They don't go together like exercise and extra rice. <laughs> because one has to be greater than the other. So if you feel afraid today because of the many uncertainties of life, here's my advice. Try substituting that with faith. All right, second, here's the second lesson. Jesus is teaching all of us to start believing. Again, Jesus says, just have faith. But Brother Audie, you know, it's so easy to say to just have faith, but when you're on the end of that rope, it's hard to have faith. When you lose your job because your company is trying to downsize, it's hard to lose your faith. When you and your family contract COVID and you're all symptomatic, it's hard to have faith. When you and your fiance break up because you drifted away and you already paid the down payment to the supplier, come on, it's hard to have faith. But take note, I'm not the one who said it. Jesus said it, all right? Remember, this is Jesus. He who overcame the world. He who was the word that dwelt among us. He who dealt Death, it's first and final blow. Jesus says, just have faith. And when Jesus says, just have faith, you don't try to figure it out. You don't try to make sense of the situation. Instead, you just have faith. Listen to me, my friend. Fear will tell you that, hey, this is beyond hope. But you know what faith will tell you? Faith will always tell you that there is always hope. Why? Because this is not the end. Jesus will always come to our aid. Do you have enough faith to believe that Jesus can make a way even when there seems to be no way? Come on, raise your hand if you believe that. Do you believe that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that God is with you? Come on, say amen if you believe that because David says, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can people do to me? Let me close this session, all right? Some of you might say that it was so cruel for Jesus to delay and allow the woman to distract Jesus from, from healing Jairus' daughter. But you know what? If you really study the text, all of this was curated by the Messiah. Why? So that he could preach a powerful message to all of us today. Jesus wanted to know, the people to know, and he wants you and me to know, get this, that he is always in control. He's always in control. Even when there's a detour, Jesus is in control. Even when there's a delay, Jesus is still in control. And ultimately, even when there's death, Jesus is still in control. Now, I don't know why God is allowing this pandemic to persist. None of us do. Not Brother Bo, not Brother Tony, not even Father Bob. We don't know why God allows the hungry to starve. We don't know why God allows the abusers to remain in power, why, why he allows the faithful to suffer. But you know what? Maybe our job isn't to ask God why. Maybe that's something that we can only do once we get up there, once we come face to face with our creator. But while we're down here, what if our job is not to ask why or when or how, but what if our job is to ask God what? What do you want me to do this time, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord, during this pandemic? What do you want me to do when, you, when I step outside? What do you want me to do, Lord, 
as people suffer. Because why is a question you ask when you're trying to make sense out of something. But what is a question you ask because you trust that God is doing something and you want to align yourself with what he's doing. Let me ask you this and then I'll stop. Do you believe that God is doing something during this time? Come on, give me a virtual hands up if you believe it. Do you believe that God is working? Do you believe that God is still guiding? That God is still leading? Then here's what you do. You pursue the pull of the Holy Spirit. I want you to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do right this, right this moment? Because Jesus, he responded to the pull of Jairus. But get this, he also responded to the pull of the bleeding woman. All because he was so sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want to aspire to be a Jesus follower, you need to feel the pull of the Holy Spirit and then you follow that pull. Now's not the time to be selfish, my friend. It's not the time to be indifferent, but now's the time to feel God's pull and then to follow it. Keep hoping, keep believing, keep serving, keep aspiring, and keep trusting that God's timing is never too late because it's always right on time. Come on, somebody type in, God is always on time. God is right on time. Praise God for this message. Come on, say hallelujah if you were blessed. We thank the Lord for speaking. We thank you for this word that ministers to all of us over the situation that we're all going through. I'm going to lead you into a prayer now and then we're going to come and, and, and worship the Lord. So if that's okay, please stick with us. We want to respond to God after this is done. Let's pray. Let's come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you that your message has, has pierced our hearts loud and clear. But I pray, Lord, that the words that you, 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 you uttered, the words that were spoken over the life of your child today, would not just land on, on dry ground, but it would land on fresh, new soil, fertile ground, oh God, so that it would, it would bear roots. It would dig deep, Lord. It would create this foundation so that your word would bear fruit one day, oh God. Thank you so much for the ways that you are constantly speaking. But right now, Lord, we just worship you and we open ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.